Hi everyone, welcome to the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. This episode is the second in a two-part series where Dr. George Cho, Clinic Director of Pathways to Wholeness Lifestyle Medicine in Toronto, answers common objections to plant-based eating. This presentation was given at the Kingston Seventh-day Adventist Church in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Let's listen in. Alright, moving on here. The next one is, it's not nutritionally adequate. How many of you have heard of this one? Okay. If you go vegan, you're going to be missing B12, where you're going to get your protein, iron, and so forth. Okay. Let's take a look at that. Okay. <clears throat> this is the American uh, Academy of Nutrition Dietetics. This, this is their position paper. Now, for those of you who are not too much into science, basically a position paper is when a bunch of scientists come together and they, and they look at the research and they say, this is our position. Does that make sense? Okay, so basically a bunch of scientists came together and they, they wrote a position paper on plant-based vegan diet. Okay, I want you to notice the language here. It is a position of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics that appropriately planned vegetarian, including vegan, diets are healthful, nutritionally adequate, and may, may provide health benefits in the prevention treatment of certain diseases. These diets are, all, are appropriate for all stages, I'll emphasize, all stages of the life cycle, including pregnancy, lactation, infancy, childhood, adolescence, older, adulthood, and for athletes. Does it make sense? Okay, for all stages of the life cycle, okay? Let's look at the Canadian Pediatrics Society. Now, there's not a bunch of moms who came together and said, let's create a society. These are pediatricians, all right? They also have a position paper, and they essentially say the same thing. For all stages of development, fetal, infant, child, and adolescent growth, okay? So a, a properly planned plant-based diet can meet your needs for protein, for B12, for iron, and so forth. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, there's no reason why you should be deficient in these things. Now, something that you hear people often say is, animal protein is higher quality protein. How many of you have heard of this one before? It's better protein. Okay. Well, let's take a look at that. The reason why people say this is because animal protein is more what we call bioavailable. Okay, it's more absorbable. Okay, so it just means that the body kind of takes it in better. Okay? But the assumption that is made is that because it's more bioavailable, therefore, if you don't eat meat, you're going to be deficient. Are you together? That is the assumption. Okay? And because animal pro uh, plant protein is less bioavailable, therefore, if you eat plant protein, you're going to be deficient. Okay? But less absorbable does not equal deficient. Are we together? It just means it's less absorbable, okay? So more absorbable also does not mean it's better, okay? Now, let's take a look at animal protein. We know, for instance, processed meat is a group one carcinogen. Now, what does group one carcinogen mean? It's a definite carcinogen, particularly uh, colon cancer, all right? Now, red... Red meat is a group 2 carcinogen. Do you know what group 2 means? It is a probable carcinogen. Okay, I don't know about you, but whether it's definite or probable, I don't want any of that. Yes, okay. We know, for instance, that these foods, when cooked, 
create what are called mutagens. What is a mutagen? Causes mutations, damage to the DNA, and what does that lead to, or potentially? Cancer, okay? We know that animal, pro animal products contains lecithins and cholines and stuff like that. These are transformed by the gut bacteria and the liver into what are called trimethylamine anoxides, or TMAOs. These accelerate atherosclerosis, okay? And it's, it's actually it's very interesting. They did a study where they got a vegan who had eaten, uh, who was vegan for like 10 years or something like that, and they made him eat a bunch of hamburgers, okay? and they measured his TMAO. And even after eating a bunch of hamburgers, his ability to produce TMA was essentially zero, okay? Because of all those years on a plant-based diet, all right? But uh, when you eat animal foods, this includes chicken, fish, and eggs, right? You get these TMAOs, which accelerates atherosclerosis. So I want to ask you the question, which is actually the better protein when you look at these things? It's actually the plant protein, okay? Plant protein is actually the better protein, all right? Does that make sense, folks? Okay, all right. Number four, moving along here. Some people say, we've tried it before. We've tried low-fat, and it didn't work. How many of you have heard of this one? Yeah, okay. They say, we've tried low-fat before, and it didn't work. And Time Magazine, they had an article that said, butter is back. Okay, saturated fat is back. Okay. Well, let's, let's take a look here. It is true that in the past few decades, we have been promoting low-fat. Is this true? Okay, we have been promoting low-fat for the past several decades, yet it is also true that we've continued to get fat. Is this true? Okay. So therefore, people say, oh, it didn't work. And because vegan diet is a low-fat diet, therefore it's not going to work. That is the assumption. All right. So a few points on this. Okay. Just because you put low-fat on labels does not mean that people actually ate low-fat. Are we together? Okay, you could put as many labels as you want, but it does not mean that we as a society actually went low-fat. Okay, so let's take a look here. Eating low-fat Pop-Tarts, strawberry flavor is not the same as eating actual strawberries. Yes? Okay. <coughs> Low-fat ruffles is not the same as actually eating potatoes. Are we together? Okay, so it doesn't matter how much low-fat you promote on labels. If people aren't eating actual whole foods, they're not eating low-fat. Are we together? Okay, a potato chip is still bad for you no matter how low-fat you want to make it. Okay? Now, it is true that... Not all fats are bad. So this is the American Heart Association. Taking into consideration the, the totality of scientific evidence, we conclude strongly that lowering the intake of saturated fat and replacing it with unsaturated fats, especially polyunsaturated fats, will lower the incidence of cardiovascular disease. Okay, so people say that because low fat didn't work, we should go back to eating saturated fats and things like that. But this is actually not true, all right? You want to still stick with unsaturated or polyunsaturated fat, fats. Does that make sense? Okay, and where do you get healthy fats? Just shout them out. Avocados, nuts, seeds, and stuff like that, okay? So 
when you eat plant foods, okay, you are getting good amounts of healthy fats. Okay? Now, for those of you who are vegan and so forth, I want to encourage you to maybe not try to tout low-fat, low-fat. Okay? Just say, eat whole foods, plant-based. Because when people eat whole foods, plant-based, they're eating healthy fats, and it's generally lower in fat. Doesn't make sense? But if you say low-fat, low-fat, sometimes it does give off the wrong message. All right? So when people say that you know, we've tried it and it didn't work, my simple message is that we never tried it. Canada has never tried a whole foods plant-based diet. We still, eat, we still ate our pizza, fries, muffins, donuts, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so we never actually tried a low-fat diet. Does that make sense? Okay, we actually never tried it. All right? And for those, of you, those people who say that it doesn't work, okay, I want to introduce you to Adam Sud. Okay? Adam Sud, well, in his 20s, he got addicted to food. He also got addicted to drugs. Okay? And in his 20s, he, uh, he got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and had to check into rehab. Okay? And he was put on a bunch of medications, including cholesterol, blood pressure, I believe, type 2 diabetes medications, and so forth. Okay? Only in his 20s. And he was 320 pounds at his peak. But he had remembered that uh, he had learned something about this thing called whole foods, plant-based nutrition. And in his desperation, he decided that he would give it a try. And after several months on it, he got off all his medications. Within six months, he completely reversed his type 2 diabetes. And now he looks like this. Isn't that amazing? That is absolutely amazing. Okay? And this is him running marathons. Okay? So, and you know, we see this in clinic as well. Okay? We see, we tell people simply, go on a whole foods plant-based diet, and they lose weight, they get off their medications, their GERD goes away, and so forth. All right? So when people uh, say that plant-based nutrition doesn't work, well, that actually doesn't hold up to the scientific evidence nor experience. All right, let's just motor through the last few here. Some people say it's too expensive. How many of you have heard of this one before? Okay. You know, I'm always shocked when people say this. Um, you know, rice and beans, they're so cheap, they cost pennies, you know? Uh, so, you know, I, I, I disagree, okay, um, that it's expensive. It's actually not expensive, yes, okay? Do you have a comment, Dr. Minnie? That's right. Yes, it then. Like, on a per calorie basis, it might be more expensive, but the question is like, how much calories you actually need. That's right, yes, yes, okay. So, you know, I, I reject that notion. Uh, I think that it is actually cheaper, okay. Now, number six is they say, you know, you're hypocrites. We see you guys eating your processed vegan foods, vegan ice cube, and so forth. What would, you, what would you say to this if someone says this to you? Stupid. It's stupid? <laughs> what would you say? It's the truth? Yeah, you know? Are there people who overdo exercise? Yeah, okay. You've ever heard of triathlons? <laughs> uh, don't stone me, but I think that's a little bit extreme, okay? In any case, you know, there are people who overdo exercise, so should we all stop exercising? 
You know, just because people overdo something does not mean that we should not do it. Okay? I think that we should all try to be a good plant-based person, I guess. Okay? Now, just for uh, those of us who are plant-based, you know, we do have to be careful about processed plant-based foods. Okay? The Impossible Burger, the Beyond Meat Burger, all this kind of stuff, it is processed food. Right? And uh, the Impossible Burger, I think, is a lot of saturated fat is my understanding. Has a lot of heme iron as well. So you want to kind of go easy on these things as well. Sometimes we give a bad impression to other people. Now the next one is very interesting. You hear this from a lot of conservative people, right? They'll say, oh, they'll say, let's go back here. They'll say, God put animals in the world for our food. How many of you have heard of this one? Okay, uh, particularly Christians and maybe other religious groups as well. They say, you know. God, the purpose of animals is for us to eat them. Now, I can't speak for other faiths like uh, Islam or Hindu and Hinduism and stuff like that, uh, but I'm a Christian, so I'm going to comment on the, on the Christian, Christian thing. Okay? You know, I, I reject the idea that God put animals on planet Earth for the purpose of being our food. Okay? And you could just look at the Bible. Okay? I hope you don't mind me sharing a little bit here. In Genesis, when God first created animals, it says, he looked at the human beings and said, I've given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Okay? When you look in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, God's original diet for human beings was actually a plant-based diet. In fact, all the animals were all plant-based too. Okay? So the idea that animals were on planet earth for the purpose of being our food is actually not correct. Okay? And, you know, the Bible says that when, when you know, the afterlife or heaven or whatever you want to call it, that there's, there's actually going to be no more death, okay? So here it says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. That's clear. There shall be no more death. So there's going to be no more death in the afterlife, all right? So we're not going to be killing cows in heaven and, you know, stuff like that, okay? So when a Christian tells you this, just kind of point them to this stuff here. All right. The last one is it's too hard. How many of you have heard of this one? It's too hard. Okay. I say it. Sorry? I say it. You say it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, we, uh, we never want to minimize the per- um, how personal food is to the human experience. We all have a strong attachment to our food, and food can be addicting as well. Okay? And it's true that switching can be difficult to many people, and it could seem impossible to many people. However, you know, many people have and are making the switch. Does it make sense? So people often say this, and it's kind of like a self-reinforcing thing. You know, I can never do this. But realize that many people have made the switch and are making the switch, and I believe that you can do it too, okay? Just because something is hard doesn't mean that it is not true, okay? It's hard for smokers to stop smoking, but we tell them to stop. Is this true? We tell them to stop, okay? Alcoholics, it's hard for them to stop, but we do tell them to stop. Same with drugs, pornography, whatever else, okay? We tell them to stop. It's the same with meat consumption, okay? We don't know what the safe level is, and we do know that 
um, at least certain amounts, is very detrimental to their health. Okay, so we believe that it's better to encourage people to actually just change their diet. Okay. You know, this is Dr. Carlo Esselstyn again, and you know he wrote a 2017 a little article letter uh, in the journal Geriatric Journal of Geriatric Cardiology. It's very interesting. Um, he recalled a, a experience that he had with a lawyer, and I want to read to you a little excerpt. It's very interesting the interaction between this lawyer and his cardiologist. Okay, so he writes. I recall a lawyer with coronary artery disease and angina who rapidly improved following whole foods, plant-based nutrition. He became quite angry after a follow-up visit to his cardiologist who said he knew whole foods, plant-based nutrition might be successful. So basically this cardiologist knew it would be successful, but he didn't tell the lawyer. Okay? The lawyer asked, why didn't you offer it to me many months ago. And the cardiologist replied, in my experience, patients won't follow that program. Whereupon the lawyer stated, that must be my decision, not yours. It is not the message that is wrong, but how and if the message is articulated that determines adherence and success. End quote. Do you get the point? The lawyer said, if you knew this information, how come you didn't tell me? And the lawyer said, because I didn't think you'd follow it. And the, lawyer, uh, the cardiologist said that, and the lawyer said, well, that's my decision, not yours. Okay? Dr. Esselstyn is right. Doctors like myself, we can't assume that people won't make lifestyle changes. Okay? Therefore, we have to keep on sharing the truth, no matter how hard it might seem to people. Is this true? Okay, just because it, it seems hard and impossible does not mean that we should stop sharing that, uh, the message. Okay? We should keep on sh sharing because even though many will reject it, there are also going to be many who do accept it and it's going to be life-changing for them. Does it make sense, folks? Okay. So you know, I hope that some of you have learned something today and I uh, hope that you apply some of these things. I hope that those of you who are uh, think of transition that you will actually make the transition. I want to encourage some of you who are part of the vegetarian group, whatever, to keep on sharing to other people. And don't look at the exterior, okay? Uh, they might seem like, you know, this is the least likely person to receive. Keep on sharing because you never know who will accept the truth. Is, yes? Okay. In closing, I just want to share with you a personal story. So this is my mom, okay? My mom immigrated to Korea, uh, sorry, immigrated to Canada. And like many Koreans, she immigrated to Canada and thought that the Western diet was the healthier diet. Okay, this is the common immigrant mindset, all right? When you grow up in post-Korean War Korea and you see muffins and donuts, you think that's healthy, okay? Okay, so she started to feed her, her family and us essentially a westernized version of the Korean diet, all right? And they also owned a convenience store, which didn't help the situation. Essentially, we had processed junk food on demand, okay? But of course, like many who eat this way, my mother got sick. She had some digestive issues. And of course, we as well, we're headed in the wrong direction. We essentially eating chips, chocolate bars, ice cream almost every single day, 
okay, from our uh, from our convenience store. But one day, another Korean came knocking on our door. It was a, in fact, it was actually a young Seventh-day Adventist Korean. And I'm very indebted to the Seventh-day Adventists for their impact on my family. And he shared with my mom the benefits of a plant-based diet. And of course, my mom had never heard of this before. Vegan is not really a thing in Korea. All right? So she had never heard of this, but she thought that it made sense. So she started to implement this in her own life and with her children. And because of that influence, she actually healed completely from her illnesses. Okay? And she also shared, obviously she started to implement that with us, and I want to believe that I'm healthy today because of that. Okay? If not, I will not look like this today. Okay? I'm very grateful to that young man who was bold enough to share his information with us. Okay? And I shudder to think that what, would, what my brother and I and my sister would look like or what our health would be if we had continued in the previous trajectory, okay? Now, the reason why I want to share this story with you is because my mom does not look like your typical vegan. Is this true? Does, she look, does this look like your typical vegan? Hipster, vegan, no, okay? She is a fresh-off-the-boat Korean immigrant, one of the least likely people to go plant-based, okay? But... But this Korean young man who came to our door, a complete stranger, by the way, a complete stranger, he did not let the exterior deter him from sharing the truth. Okay? And it impacted my family in, I believe, an eternal way. Okay? So I want to encourage all of you to share what you know about plant-based nutrition. Be, be ready to give an answer for why you believe those things. And for those of us who are considering, I want to strongly uh, as that you consider trying to transition to a plant-based diet, I think that you will benefit greatly from that transition. All right, so with that, uh, let's do a little bit of Q&A if you have any questions. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you would be so kind, please leave us a five-star rating so more people can find the podcast and learn about the simple yet powerful principles of lifestyle medicine. We hope you'll join us for our next episode of the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. Until then, remember, your lifestyle is medicine.